Welcome to the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. I'm therapist and coach, Shade Giovanni. If you want to feel less anxiety in your relationships and enjoy a confident and spiritual intimate life, you're in the right place. So grab a cup of tea and a warm blanket and let's talk intimacy. All right, y'all, I am really hype. I'm really excited because today we're going to talk about uh, something that's kind of the core of this podcast and also the core of why I personally decided that I wanted to become a therapist who specializes in sex therapy for Christian women, um, for women who have a faith background, and also just something that's been really taking effect again in the past couple years because of, well, we're going to get into it, the history of what I'm about to talk about. Purity culture. Okay. If you have no idea what that is or what that means, don't worry. I'm going to give a kind of rundown of it. If you already know what I'm talking about, just hang on. Okay. We're going to get to the good stuff. So basically, um, Christianity in the United States of America, for the most part, has held too high regard the idea of being sexually pure, which depending on who you talk to can mean different things. Uh, I guess the most basic definition would be not having sexual intercourse before entering into marriage with someone. Um, So this is something that you can see reflected throughout culture in a lot of ways, whether it be the way that women were socialized to dress in order to not tempt men into being aroused because somewhat the thought was then if a man is sexually aroused he won't be able to control himself and out goes the purity um another way might be just the way women were socialized to talk and and think or oh man this goes really deep a lot of the time the i i think my personal opinion is that the weight of purity culture rested on women's shoulders to act, behave, do things in a certain way in order to help men not act out. That is my personal thought. The core of purity culture was a positive thing. It was the mindset of holding sex to a sacred and high standard in order to allow for individuals and couples to experience sex in the most beautiful most intimate, most connected way possible. That was the goal. And just because we're people and we're flawed and we're all trying to figure this thing out, we took it and we ran with it. And for the most part, I think we overcorrected and ended up creating a little bit of another monster in and of itself. So I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, the purity culture that I'm specifically talking about and that other people are talking about if you hear them is the time period, I think, late 80s up to early 2000s. Um, I I looked it up to see exactly where the impetus is, if I can use that word. In 1993, it looks like the True Love Waits movement uh, started. And that was essentially just saying, true love will wait for sex. And it came with rings, it came with sermons that pastors uh, would preach from the pulpits. It came with these metaphors that you would hear like, 
if you have sex with someone before marriage, it's kind of like gluing two pieces of paper together and then ripping it apart and you'll always be stuck to the other person or um, the rose metaphor, which they pass a rose around and this is usually in youth group and they say, everyone touch it, feel the rose, isn't it pretty? And at the end, the rose is like crumbled and, and the stem's broken and petals are falling off and they're like, you know, this is this is what it's like if you pass yourself around having sex with people. Um, so yeah, Joshua Harris, who, again, just a dude trying to figure out the same thing we're all trying to figure out. He wrote a book called um, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And I read it a long time ago. Um, I am not speaking against him or his book right now because there's no need to tear people down he was trying his best but what happened was a ripple effect where a lot of christians and again all of this was really rooted in youth groups i think a lot of christians walked away thinking um dating is practicing for divorce because if you break up with someone it's it's basically you're just practicing divorce um dating isn't the best way to find a life partner. Um, God will tell you who you should be with. Don't touch or kiss or anything physical. Um, kissing for the first time on the wedding day. Like all of this stuff that whether or not he directly wrote about it, the, the book brought a lot of these conversations and ideologies into the limelight. And so we have purity culture. We're now in 2021, when I'm recording this, we have adults who may or may not be single, but came up through purity culture, had a lot of their beliefs and their habits and dating and their sexuality based on this idea that I have to be a virgin and I am of less value if not. I don't think anyone would outright say that that's what they were trying to teach, but that's kind of the vibe that you get when so much weight and effort is put on virginity over all else. Um, so now when you have adults who are dating and maybe in late 20s, 30s, 40s even, and haven't been married yet, that group of people is kind of like, what the actual heck? Hello? Where is this beautiful marriage with uh, wild, passionate sex that I was promised because, ooh, 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 <laughs> that is another thing that was really popular in youth group and I don't know why. Um, the idea of the youth pastor saying to the group of kiddos, uh, hey, I'm a youth pastor, this is my crazy hot wife and we get to have sex, so you should wait because it's worth it. That's the belief that was drawn. And so now when you're an adult and marriage has not been part of your life journey yet. It's really confusing. I thought God promised this to me. I've been waiting. What's up? All right. That's group one. I think group two are the people that did get married when they were um, maybe right out of college or even in college. Um, so they got married in formative adult years, you know, 17 to, to 25 maybe. And they may or may not be divorced now for whatever reason, you know, but they're divorced and they're thinking, what in the world? <laughs> Marriage was nothing like I thought it would be. I'm very confused. 
Um, there's many other subgroups and and how this is impacting people. Those are the two that just came to mind for me. Um, but I think there's even the split between men and women where women were taught to, in order for you to be a good Christian woman, you need to have no sexuality, none, no drive, nothing. Um, and that's, that's what holiness is. And so if you're a girl and you realize at some point that you have a pretty high sex drive, meaning quite a few times a week, you'd be down for some, some sexual intercourse, right? Like just spontaneously, your body is wired where biologically you crave sexual energy frequently. Um, that's kind of confusing to wrestle with. Because then there's words put around your experience like struggling with um, struggling with your, your thoughts and all that stuff. And your entire experience of sexuality is seen as a struggle. Then there's the ladies who, you know, you get married or you start dating. And dating is fun. You know, you're like, oh, he is handsome, kissy kissy, all that stuff. But then once you cross over into a long-term relationship or even into marriage, it's like, whoa, 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 where did my excitement for flirtation and sexuality go? What happened to it? I don't feel that anymore. And you're confused and your partner is very confused because he thought he was getting the promise of this virtuous woman who's, I mean, a lady in the streets, a freak in the bed, right? Um, And then I think for men, I am not a dude. But if I can speak a little bit to their experience, they've had a hard time of it too. So as a man, you have, (laughs) you have a sex drive and you weren't really shown how to steward it. Maybe, um, a lot of men have experiences when they're, you know, four five, six, seven, eight years old is their first memory of sex. Their first memory of seeing an explicit image or being introduced to porn or being shown how to masturbate. And so your sex drive is alive, awake, and ready to play as a child. And then what? After that, nothing. Radio silence except for, hey, just just don't watch porn, okay? Um, and that's it. And so I think on both ends of men and women, purity culture didn't allow for the opportunity to teach us how to steward our very real sexuality sexuality, whether implicitly or explicitly, was given to us as something that was dirty, bad, that made you sinful, that made you wrong. And so that's your whole narrative of it. But, but, but once you get married, flip the switch, have at it. God will bless you with songs of Solomon sex and you will be overrun with deers and gazelle and all sorts of stuff like that, right? Um, so that is, that's kind of the, the overall rundown of purity culture and what I'm talking about when, when I say that it has impacted a lot of us adults today and how it's showing up for us. So if you have heard me say all that and you're like, oh, yes, that is me. I can relate. Awesome. You are absolutely in the right place. My hope is that by, you know, episode by episode, we start dismantling some of the negative beliefs, but also, you know, this is currently called the My Intimacy Therapist podcast. And so intimacy to me is 
the thing that we needed to have been taught from the get-go. Right now, intimacy is it's mostly seen as associated with sex. Like it's the the more polite way of saying sex. Like, would you be up for some intimacy tonight? Which, yes. But understand, intimacy and even sexuality are expanded so much more than just the act of sexual intercourse. Like, what if you could believe that your feelings of sexual drive, desire, and attraction are good? What if you could believe that your arousal is good? Or if you are asexual, which you don't feel really any sexual drive or desire to do any of the stuff that comes with that, what if that is good also? Yeah. So if I could just offer you a little invitation or something that you could do after this episode, journal out all of the thoughts and beliefs that you have about sexuality so that you can see for yourself um, how spirituality and sexuality are currently oriented in your mind and only in seeing and knowing that can you start to actively rewire and undo that, okay? So if you feel like, yes, 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 so much of this resonates with you, that inside of you is lighting up right now, you might be a really good candidate for dating coaching. That is a chance for us one-on-one to kind of open up all of the invitations that I am giving you on this podcast and actually get in and explore in your personal dating life how is purity culture impacting your sexuality, your choices and partners, your hopes for marriage, all that good stuff. If you are interested, um, in the show notes should be the link to my website, but it's also myintimacytherapist.com. You can sign up for a coaching package. You'll get to choose your package and they are focused sessions on helping you to find a dating life that brings you clarity and peace where your spiritual and spirituality and your sexuality are one and the same because they can and they should be. Okay? So definitely do that. Sign up, myintimacytherapist.com, and I cannot wait to chat with you. But for the rest of you, remember, remember, remember who you are. You are fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. Thanks so much for spending time and listening.